<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. This is Matt Hannum here, and I'm uh, joined by the crew. It's 2020. Gentlemen, welcome, Mr. Conrad Francis. G'day, Conrad buddy. Francis. 2020. Conrad. What did I say? I said Conrad. 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 <laughs> You're a Conrad, all right. Conrad the Barbarian. <laughs> uh, Mr. Travis Hado. Uh, He's got a haircut. <laughs> Mr. Who? He's who, different. Who's this guy? No man bun anymore. He's got no man bun, but he's got a very... Yeah, wavy. It's, yeah, it's wavy. It's, it, it's sort of pretending it's not like a serious... <laughs> Hairdressers do, but it's, it's kind of. Yeah, your mother-in-law will cut that, didn't it? One of my clients didn't keeps. Did she? One of, one of my clients keeps saying, um, "I didn't realise perms are back in." <laughs> <laughs> okay, head to the uh, Facebook page to see the latest picture of uh, Travis's Mr. perm. Mr. <laughs> Travis's perm. Um, not, it's not Whoopi Goldberg. It's <laughs> And uh, <laughs> last, uh, last uh, but not not least, Mr. Justin Bourne. So, is that your name? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I which think so. Happens to be your birthday at the day of recording today. It does. <laughs> you were going to throw that out already, are you? No, I didn't. Uh, Did I? You just. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Uh, yeah, why not? So, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Have you got a happy birthday song for him? Yeah, you can sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll lose it. The, 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 the audience will go real quick. Fair enough. So, <laughs> on the assumption that they haven't already, I was just waiting. I thought I'd give you a couple of moments to, to prepare. I thought you were just warming up the vocal cords. We can do the Maryland version. Oh, now brown cow. No, no, no. All right. Well, if you're still listening, thank you very much for for listening past that introduction. And uh, gentlemen, welcome. We're drinking a Fishbone Shiraz Cabernet 2017. Um, Fishbone, this bottle was a gift from a client, which I received, and I thought I would check it out. I don't recall having actually been there, um, despite its close proximity to to where we live um, in, in southwest of WA, nor having had this bottle of wine before. So, gents, anyone had this before? Yes. Oh, look at oh. No, I've been to their restaurant as well, and funny enough, they serve, they're Japanese-inspired uh, cuisine down in Margaret River there. across the restaurant from the, called? Um, it's, it's the same. Probably fishbone. Fishbone. There you go. How was it? Yeah, it was good. Very good. Actually, it's really nice. Expensive, but um, the food is very, very good. And what did you have? Katsu, chicken, uh, curry. What, that's what you normally get, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Fried yep. chicken. Now they do a really good uh, curry, like the Japanese curry. Yeah, the katsu is so, really rated here. Yeah, it's top notch. That's so, probably that's now we know why you went there. Check it out. <laughs> it's one of your favourite dishes of all time. So, cheers, cheers. guys. Cheers. Salute. Happy birthday. Oh, thanks. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, what do you think? You want to you want to do a review? It's nice. It's very grapey. Hello, Marco. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure we exhausted that the first 50 episodes. No, no, I actually do. I don't mind it. It's really nice. Very good. All right. I so I like the logo too. I think it's really... It's pretty cool. I, I do like the bottle, actually. There used to be one called Madfish down there. 
Yeah. yeah. Still there. That's still there. Yeah. That's actually woody aftertaste. It's got, no, which is it's quite got nice. no it's got no affiliation. Just sounds No, I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Madfish is part of Howard Park uh, as yeah. a group and I actually do buy some of their stuff from time to time. So, gents, uh, the topic we're going to be talking about is how to relax and get things done. Just chill. Just chill. So, it's fucking chill. The, the, <laughs> the blue label, just for, the, for further reference, the blue label <laughs> is moved on from accessible in affordable range. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I'll talk to my client. <laughs> that's the only reason why I told you that. <laughs> It's the thought that counts, though, mate. Of course it is. That's really nice. That's why I put it on here. So, are you finished? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not the bottle. I mean, have you finished? <laughs> anyway, so the basically, I read a summary recently um, of a book called "Getting Things Done," which I'd heard of before, but never actually read by David Allen. Um, and the opening page starts with the following main idea. Uh, He says, your ability to be productive is directly proportional to your ability to relax. Only when your mind is clear and your thoughts are well organized can you truly unleash your creative potential. Thus, the key to being more productive is to develop realistic and sustainable ways you can relax more. So basically, this statement got me thinking about how I work. And it became obvious that I'm very erratic. I, I work in bursts and rather than the sort of steady, relaxed approach just to working all day, I, I sort of will burst for half an hour, an hour, um, work really fast and then um, find myself with different patches throughout the day or week with and where I'm sort of procrastinating and trying to work but sort of, I guess, run out of energy, haven't managed my energy well. So I recently completed some health insurance tests and was required to monitor my blood pressure for 24 hours just to make sure everything was okay. And after the initial test showed a high reading when I went in for a, a one-off test. Um, when I was observing myself wearing this device, I realized that I accelerated my intensity, breathing, movement, mindset, and definitely my heart rate, and was sort of working at a fast pace or fast pace constantly despite um, doing pretty much office-based work, right? So we're just sitting sitting around generally, but on can my... Can get a bit hectic on, on my, there, mate. <laughs> it can, can get a bit hectic, but I realised I'd Especially done it. Especially when you get this email. And you've got to pay wages. Eye twitching. Especially so, when you break your chair. Well, that's... You know, Conrad's done that before. It's it's quite... That's called... Uh, that's like the um, rodeo version of... <laughs> <laughs> can, can this chair handle a Conrad? Um, Conrad. Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. And clearly I've done this forever. Like, has it just been my approach when I'm working? And I I would try and work fast, I suppose, which meant I was, to to some extent, throwing, a, I guess, a fight or flight sort of mentality towards every time I started working, which clearly would burn off. And then I left being, like, struggling, not being able to flow through just by methodically completing work, I suppose. So... I mean, frankly, it could be. It's definitely probably impacting my clarity of thinking. It could be impacting my long-term health, and yeah, it really just got me thinking. Now, I'd, originally, when I mentioned you guys that this was the topic, um, Conrad went and read the book, "Getting Things Done." I hadn't actually read the book. Um, I just got this uh, first 
paragraph out of the the front when I was having a look at a summary. But well, I can't take credit. I didn't read the book. I just read a summary. Of you the read book. a summary. <laughs> you probably read a summary of the summary of the book. So anyway, so it's not necessarily about getting things done. But what it has shown me is like, look, well, what am I leaving on the table? What am I not getting done in my um, habit of sort of working fast, but then clearly at some point we're burning, I'm burning out, right? So at some point I'm not achieving all I, you know, could potentially be achieving because I do believe that um, a long steady approach would probably be better than a, a sprinter's approach to as it is for other things, right? So I guess one of the first questions was, uh, you know, do we feel like you're a relaxed or steady worker or an up and down sort of sprint based worker? Um, and does that match your ambition as business owners, um, you know, are you building towards a long-term vision or are you in a fast-paced, high-growth sprint? Like, are you in a position that should be fast-paced or not? Conrad, any thoughts? Um, I think, I think. well, personally, I'm, I'm probably more of a, of a paced person these days, but I do, I do play with a bit more time. Um, but I, I can see where the sprint methodology works. I just think it's probably thwarted when you're sprinting in driving a business versus sprinting in something like, let's say, sales for argument's sake, which is part of business. So I think that's, um, if you're wearing a sales hat in business um, and as well as the business leader, you can you can get a bit convoluted at times. So you've got to be very careful with how you structure your day to sprint where you need to sprint and to take your time where you need to take your time. I think that's that's been probably my clearest observation of myself and of other people I work with around me is that they, and I guess they're just not very clear with the hat they wear at the time when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, like clearly some sprint is fine. Right. But I noticed that that's what I would, that's what I would do almost all the time. But business is a long game, right? Yeah. But and business is a long game. But we have bills to pay. So that's, that's, that's the conundrum you have. Um, and Idealistically, I think you know the the book. If you if you get around to reading it, Maddie, uh, even the the, the summary, <laughs> <laughs> the first the first line of the summary even <laughs> talks, talks about talks about um, when you throw a pebble into a puddle of water, how does the water react? The answer is completely appropriately to the mass of the pebble and the force with which it was thrown. And I think that is enlarged the the simplistic way of looking at what you're talking about is, okay, well, am I spending the time in the areas that I need to be spending the time in? Am I applying the right pressure um, and haste um, to the to the right things? So am I getting the reward? Because if you're not getting the reward from the time you invest, it becomes very depleting. Does that make sense? Yeah, I've, I've, like personally, I feel like I'm more of a steady worker now. I used to be a high post. I always believed that uh, if I wasn't moving fast, I wasn't, achieving things um and probably two years ago i really looked at that and uh the the kind of the ideology that i sort of or the term was effective over efficient um you know i was just really efficient at everything um instead i kind of tried to flip that and i was like well how can i be the most effective with my time rather than efficient because like you can be efficient at answering emails and you've spent the first four hours of your day mm. and you've answered all these emails but really you've done nothing um, you've just been reactive. Uh, so, yeah, I, I used to be more that sort of uh, mouse running on the wheel, but now I've really flipped it to uh, be a more steady worker and understand how I can be more effective in my day, whether it's in business or at home or, you know, how, how that sort of operates for me. So that's probably my um, 
my journey probably in the last three years anyway. Is it different between your photography business versus the pewter business? They're both slow burns. Yeah. So you, you, you're, you're at the same pace? Photography, I've got to be much more reactive because you're answering a lot more emails. Yep. But, you know, the other business, I'm doing more business development. So it is really more so about the effective um, than the efficient. When, um, you, when you say reactive, do you not set time aside to answer emails? Yeah, so I try to do my very first like key moment things in the morning when I'm uh, the most effective. Yeah. So all my business development. So it's just you're responding. You're responding to the email instead of reacting to it coming through the day. Yeah, so I for the say first three hours or two and a half hours in the morning um, because I get in the office quite early, seven seven thirty. Try to do all my B and D for both businesses. Um, anything that really needs to be done, big ticket items um, while I'm fresh. And then come 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you know, when most people are just getting in the office at nine, uh, I can Who then sit down. At nine? Your office? Well, no, just in like, you know, I work with a lot of local councils. Okay. Yeah, they're all in you know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Council workers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't matter that I've waited to 11 o'clock, 10, 30 to start responding to emails. So, it, yeah, my structure of my day is different. So I'm not so fast paced. So I slow down and become more methodical about what to do. Mm. So effective over efficient. So what, what made you look at it? Um, I felt like I was doing so much but not achieving much in the days. And, you know, I'd physically get home at night and you're tired and didn't understand why, you know, you, you didn't have the ability to delegate anything you didn't have uh, the understanding of why you weren't achieving as much as you wanted to be in that day. And, you know, because I was responding for the first four hours of the day to being reactive to emails in the afternoon, I was trying to do business development. And my brain wasn't in it. You know, so most of my meetings are in the afternoon, do business development in the morning, emails in the middle of the day. And then in the, in the afternoon, in the evening, I'm reactive on emails again. You know? So, so you, you've overlaid a structure... Yeah. to help normalise your energy spend and your time spend? Correct. Yeah, cool. Correct. Well, that's very similar to something that I've had a bit of focus to right now, which is the good old makers, managers, um, philosophy and idea. Uh, are you guys familiar with, well, just in case for any listeners who's not, there's a good um, piece, I'm not sure who it's by, I'll need to double check, but it's called the, you just Google makers versus managers schedule. It's pretty, uh, pretty famous. The idea is that um, uh, there are, two types of work. Um, there are things that um, require a maker's schedule, which is deep work, essentially. Um, anything that's gonna take a few hours to, to do, and it's kind of built on the philosophy that if you gotta do anything of any serious nature, it's gonna take you about half an hour to get into it um, anyway, to get your head into the game, and then you're gonna need that space and that, that time. And then you have um, manager's time, which is uh, meetings, um, general ad hoc emails and these type of things. And that's generally uh, broken up into one hour blocks and maker schedules like a three, four hour uh, block. And then it's just trying to understand um, where that sits relatable in your, your day. And it's something I've been trying to play with. Uh, I've, I've tempted many times over the years. And um, I must say that I've got some Personally, I have some really bad habits, which are very reactive. It's very hard to try and stay off the, the email and be disciplined in blocking um, the, the noise. Um, and it takes a lot of courage to stick 
to um, such a schedule uh, as well um, because people are going to demand shit of you. Um, so I've been playing with, at the moment, attempted similar times of trying to do like a maker's schedule up until maybe lunchtime and then maybe look at doing uh, emails and other bits and then the afternoon. But it's acknowledging what your responsibilities are uh, like as you're saying, Conrad, balancing the long term versus the the short term. I think uh, if your role on a day to day basis is a manager's type role, in that relate in that context, you kind of have to, I guess, own it. But then, um, as we've talked about before, I think it's in cross referencing it with um, energy management. You know, knowing where your energy flows throughout the the day, depending on the the tasks. You know, um, there. When I was looking into this, make a schedule. Um, one of the uh, blogs that I referenced, Taylor Pearson, I think we've talked about one or two of his blogs before, and I suggested to you, Matt, check it out in reference to, to this today's topic. And he did some research into some of the um, most profound uh, individuals that have existed in our time, like Darwin and Einstein and, and a few others. And a lot of these guys um, and, and girls, uh, they didn't work a lot. You know, they did like a four-hour deep, deep work and then they just socialised and, um, you know. Sounds like Conrad. Nothing, yeah. nothing to distract them though. What do you mean? Correct. And the distractions is a whole other element. But, um, yeah, they didn't work a lot. And uh, you look at their schedules. A lot, of them, a lot of them had routine. Actually, all of them had a routine, which is the underlying thing. Yeah. But they didn't necessarily – they weren't doing shit all day – um, living this hustle life. Uh, right, we're we're, we're largely distracted. That's our biggest problem at the moment, right, is, is that there's so That's many what I've been struggling yeah. with is the distractions. Um, and and the, you know, deep work, focused work, um, they're, they're all real important things. But, I mean, we largely live in a highly fucking distract, distracting society right now. And, I mean, you know, to, to compare ourselves to an Einstein or a Newton um, or anyone of that ilk, mate, what the fuck do they have? Look at the stars and look at the sun. That's it. They didn't have TV or social media or ex-wives or even the but even the communication. Like even just in business, for example, was your ex-wife um, disturbing you? What's fifty percent of the population if you go by the numbers? Well, maybe. I mean, you might have to make it quarter of the population depending on the numbers. <laughs> anyway, I'm not talk about this room, you fool. Well, societal numbers. Of an ex-wife. 40, 40 40-odd percent. Well, most divorced women wouldn't have an ex-wife. Most. Not all. Giddy up. Giddy, giddy up. He's got a good point. (laughs) (laughs) And you're in finance. He's a a fucking, mate. (laughs) I'm in finance. He's a fucking accountant. That's why they call him bean counters. Because they're so fucking specific. Because he counts beans for divorced people. Yeah. You could divide things by two. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to know what you're dividing in the first place. I forgot where we even were. Um, <laughs> That's unlike this podcast. <laughs> where, where, where are we? Um, distractions. Distractions. I look at distractions. <laughs> no, yeah. but even just in business, and this is where I was at, even in business, the communication. I mean, I remember like starting my career in 2001 or two was the first year that I sort of worked in an office somewhere. I was still at university and I started working like 10 years after I started. Yeah, probably 10 years after you started and it would have been very different then. We were still sending faxes, writing letters and we did have email, but the 
the a fax, it was reasonable, an urgent fax was reasonable to respond by the next day and a letter was roughly a week. Um, and we would actually, and, and so was the correspondence that came to us. It would come to us via letter if it was a bit slower and not that important, come by fax if it was super important and you'd get on the phone um, you know, for, for more important communications. Largely now it's email and, and or social media DMs. Everything's instant. Everything's demanded instantly. You know, you don't send someone an email when generally, I mean, you don't think about where, how do I send it? Do I send it to the medium that allows a slower response by post or do I send it in you know, fax with a high importance message on it? So that's gone. But this distraction, even just in normal business, let alone the other personal sides of our business is enough to that everything's instant. And I think that's part of, I think, my challenge is because I think I try and I try and jump over the work to create some spare time to do the, the maker stuff. That never happens because no, you, ne- but, but you be- never jump that hurdle, right? So then I will I will attack that. It might be a Saturday afternoon I'm in the office trying to get work done and I'll just write a big long list and try and knock that stuff out. And that's often where I'm what I'm doing. But I realise I spend a lot of my work time f- deliberately elevating sort of my you know, my baseline to, to try and knock out stuff really fast. And you're right, Travis, that's just efficient. Sure. So what, bud? And it's not usually the bigger, more important things that happen that I do, but that is that makes you efficient. But like, it's it's clearly not good, right? It's like, well, you, it's not a good way to be. I think from what Travis has done, um, and and what the book, if you ever get to it, Maddie, um, <laughs> or even a summary, actually gives you gives you some quite good tips as to how to structure your your day and your tasks. Um, Give first, us a couple of lightened one. Oh, well, I just happened to read the summary. I'm not enlightened. I'm just studious. I didn't want um, to go to the summary. I'm going to, I'll cut you off before you get there, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm, what I'm I believe this is actually more is more an emotional play. It's what do you a, mean? How is that emotional? We're talking about tasks here. No, we're not really. Because what I'm doing is bringing, like, emotion, bringing heightened um, level of, like, application towards it. Because, I, like you say, I'm – you even said then it's a it's a hamster wheel and you get on this wheel and you're trying to get this this stuff done and it actually distracts you from doing the more important things. Yeah, why do we feel the uh, well the hamster yeah, wheel serves the hamster? Well, that's right. right, but that's what I wanted to. I, that's why I didn't go into the book like at that before. Yeah, I Yeah, well, this is not summer. talking about hamster wheel. It's talking about human beings. <laughs> What's the difference? Well, the hamster wheel serves the hamster. All right, it needs that to exercise. And who it can't live in its serve? fucking human serves a human. Um, oh, <laughs> Again, read the book. But <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying, but there has to be an element of structure to get, allow you to get to where you want to get to, right? The the, real, the issue with distraction is that it's ta- it's taking you away from where you want to get to, which then causes frustration and becomes another disturbing part. So, wh- what part of the emotion did you want to talk about? No, I just wanted to raise that because I think, and I think in the startup space, which is where everyone generally has to start if they're going to start a business. But you could be doing this at work as well. As you get, you start with this frantic pace, and the other thing that sort of came to mind is why we, you know, you jump on the shiny objects because people are frantically trying to get to that next point before they yeah, feel like they, they've they, achieved. They forget something. why they're in business, mate. I mean, I, I mean, strangely enough, I was listening to a Tony Robbins podcast this morning talking about um, um, strategic innovation um, and how he said, and I'll share it with you guys a bit later. I wanted to do it this morning, but I didn't get a chance because I was a bit focused. Um, 
Um, <laughs> Should we turn his mic off? Oh, you're actually half funny today. Yeah, Normally, your jokes aren't very funny. So, so stand up comic, if I need to be standing about, up. He talks. <laughs> you've been watching <laughs> Kevin Hart on Netflix. I have been watching Yeah, Hart. see, there you go. Oh, six of them. Not distracted at all. I know, all. I know when Ashby's been, he's been focused. I know when yeah, Ashby's funny because she's been watching comedy shows. She he's, comes he's out with good, some good one liners. He's very good. But anyway, I mean, he's the only guy I know that cheated on his wife and survived it. Or, no, Kobe did too. Um, but, but um, what was I talking about? Oh, <laughs> strategic innovation. <laughs> Tony Robbins opens Distraction. up. Tony Robbins opens up saying that um, obviously we spend a lot of time in business and at work and getting getting us and our structures right because uh, well he uses the eighty twenty rule. Um, he goes eighty percent of success is all about the individual and how the individual sees the world, and so that's why he's focused his whole he says thirty eight years on the individual in business. Um, and the the pillars of finance, uh, um, uh, family, romance, all that type of stuff. I think he's got five pillars there anyway. Somewhere I don't I don't know what they are off the top of my head. But I don't think the bigger issue there has been how much time we spend on ourselves and what we expect from ourselves. Because if business is eighty percent of what we are as owners, then are we not responsible by not taking care of ourselves and building ourselves to be the production part that needs to needs to happen. And, and to do that, it's it's the structure you're talking about. It, you know, Sadhguru talks about internal architecture. It is that internal work, um, and and, and it's it is structural. Well, he talked about this as well. I mean, I, I do you read the book? Sadhguru's book. Oh, I'm paraphrasing, but he um he's talked about the. And he's one of many people actually that have been talking about sleep lately, saying you don't necessarily need that much depending on how you manage your I was first to market on that one. I was. You guys fucking laughed at me. Now you want to talk about Sagari, talking about you don't need much sleep. Are you tracking your sleep right now and you've increased your sleep to like six and a half to the recommended? Yeah, because I'm I'm on a plateau at the moment. All right. Okay. (laughs) No, no, we're just talking about the energy management and also then diet management that can just, you know, stretch your day so much further Mm. if you do that. Um, You know, that's, that's why I didn't dig into the book so much as I, the the concept of it, because I think this is what we do. We very much operate on this like sprint, no no time to do things basis where we're trying (laughs) frantically. Well, let's be honest. We're all making money in the business, right? No one's, no one's not making money. Fair to say? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking about quantum now. Well, sidestep, I'm not sure where you're going with that, but this is, it's the idea, and I think the way that you were trying to frame a little bit of this, Matt, from my understanding, um, is that, and this was challenged by a, a friend of ours who she was like, you know, you should talk about this on the podcast. You know what my pet hate is? She goes, when I ask people how they're doing and they're like, yeah, I'm really busy at the moment. Like, you know, and it's, um, you know, it's kind of like a badge and it's like, you're clearly not like busy, but it's kind of, I've definitely felt being guilty of that. You always need to be doing something like, oh, um, for sure. and saying that I'm busy and like, it's like a badge that you're always doing something and being well, busy. It's the, it's the runner up badge. It's the runner up badge to I'm crushing it right now. Yeah. I'm making a shitload of money. <laughs> oh, hang on. I've got no money. I'm fucking busy. I'm real busy. <laughs> like, no, but it is. It's the like poor cousin. It's the little like sticker they put in the corner of you after you don't get first, second, third, you're like, oh, you're busy. So it's like a it's like a badge, and if you turn around and going, oh yeah, I'm doing fuck all, of people's look on their face to be like, what do you what do you mean? Um, and it's kind of this hustle lifestyle that we ha- or that's being, I guess, pushed through. Um, and even that, like the last couple of weeks, it's been so uh, forefront of mine. I've been journaling um, on this a lot of trying to pull back 
my expectation of how many hours, quotation marks, I should be working. And even trying to do deep work, the amount of times I'll just touch my phone, just just touch it, is fucking crazy. Is that a metaphor? Go back to a friggin' Nokia analog boat. Is that it's a just, it's not a metaphor. It's, no, it's not a metaphor. Right. It's legit. But That's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And like how often you'll just like swipe up on your emails or just open the app or whatever. Fresh. Like to build that muscle, um, which I've realized is extremely, you know, weak at the moment, takes a lot of work. And I think that's what you're talking about, of that you get in this frantic. And then this is what we joked about last year is that that project took you three months and three hours. Yeah. And so having just come back from the Pacific where at one point my phone buzzed me and said, you're God knows what percentage down on your, uh, you know, screen time on your phone yeah, at the moment, cool. you're down to three minutes a day. And I was like, wow, like that. And that was like 90% down or something, but like it's, um, and now that you're back, I was, ha- I was back, happy with 17% I'm, down. I'm waiting for it to, um, to hit me back, but, um, let me know. But yeah, exactly. And that, you're more that, on your back up to where you were. <laughs> I'm probably over it, mate. Probably, probably compensating. But, um, but, but exactly right. J, JB was hitting the nail on the head. Like we're, we're feeling productive. So that's why we get like caught in that warp of, you know, that vortex of, you know, being productive, being that hustle and being that sort of, uh, then we, we prioritize that feeling because we enjoy it and it feels like we're being, you know, we're being productive and getting a lot of shit done. But we talked about this on the on the webinar I had this week with the, with William. How you know doing post doing a lot of his work, it feels like well, it feels like I'm achieving a lot, which is maybe a little, a little bit uh, situational and, and synchronistic. But um, doing less, but achieving more, you know. And I think Bruce Lee talks about it a lot. You know, removing the effort and enjoying the the result. We actually look at a lot of the greats, and um, and I guess there's that fine line between you know like that mamba kobe mentality of being in the gym for for six hours but then it's acknowledging you know in my word for the year which we haven't really gone into but I've, we've talked about it in the podcast of you know we set ourselves a word for the year um is is being of service and knowing that sometimes you have to pull back to be able to serve and a lot of the times and a lot of like um and i'm not sure if we've really talked about the enneagram a lot here but a lot of my we get it the enneagrams are um, profile personality uh, it's one of the one of the examples you probably explain it better Connor but long story short they can send you reminders about your personality type and a very common one of mine is just to stop still and stop doing um, shit with my personality type and just to even then when you're not doing trying not to do something you find that you are doing something and that could be even just procrastinating um, and just literally trying to sit there and creating space because as we know through st- enough references and examples of that some of the best things that um, society has today came out of um, space, like creative mental space, you know, those aha moments, the serendipitous moments, the um, they're in the shower or they're on the walk or, um, you know, where the whole penny dropped. Um, philosophy with Edison um, comes from Um, and when you're distracted responding to emails all day where is the if you're and when it comes back to the business if you're doing that all day every day how are you expected to to change the direction of the ship or change the sails or acknowledge that the wind's now blowing in another direction Um, trim the sails for the for for the sailors that listen my bad (laughs) um 
you know, and or, you know, not resent other areas of your life because you feel like you need to be productive. That's the alignment thing that you're talking about, right? So when you're doing the work, you know, you're supposed to be doing, um, when you're very dialed into why you're doing it, 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 it is, it is energizing. I think it's, and as opposed to depleting. I also think there's a level of, of self-awareness. Um, there's a quite a lot of, uh, excuse me. Um, I think ego when it comes to business owners of retaining a lot of activities oh, yeah. um, themselves uh, on the, the irrelevance to, to stay important. Yeah. To stay important and to feel like that, um, you know, you're still valued and you still need to, to be there. And I've been very guilty of that and the skill of delegating is, is part of it. But there's also a skill you need to learn of when you're delegating, you end up copying a double guilt factor sometimes because you're then like, you feel guilty, for example, you know, these people are working away and you're like, oh, I'm sitting here doing doing nothing. And that's something you have to work through uh, as well and come to, to terms with. And I think... So so you say work through, are you actually working through that at the moment? Uh, no, I have over the last probably, I think every, it's been a journey and it's something I've definitely accepted to come to terms with. I've a forgotten that lot, feeling, bro. So A hell of a lot more. Like forgotten that feeling. Yeah. yeah. Of feeling guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I still I've, have that from time you? to time. Yeah. I've moved past it a lot and I would say that it's very micro when it comes up now because of the way that well, Far out. I did, well, I'm did. in the thick of it. Uh, so you're feeling guilt? Yeah. Wow. If, you I, know ba- what, if I bail like you, I, I 2 p.m. on a day and everyone's really working hard or whatever, I, I, I'll feel guilt. I, so just hearing you yeah. say that, I'd forgotten and I can't even remember the last time I did. And I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, uh, it I depends think it, on what you're trying to achieve, right? And I, I'd say it's probably a good thing. Well, guilt, it's a good guilt, th- guilt's not a good, a good thing anyway, right? No, I think being at that level is a good thing because as prior to this podcast, we're talking about it's not our responsibility on how other people uh, well, think that's what I was, feel. Well, that's what well. I was saying to Shane this morning. Um, it was a case of it's, not, it's our responsibility to give people an opportunity um, and give them all the tools to succeed, but it's not our job to do it for them. And what I've come to terms with is that, well, you – these people are here, just like with, I guess, any team, here to do a role. That's your role. Mm. Um, and if my and, and I think this is something I've learned a bit from you, Conrad, and I guess is that, and particularly with my word being service, and not only just you, a few other people that I follow, is that, so good, uh, one guy that I follow, Chris Doe, uh, is blowing up at the moment. He's fucking amazing. He's amazing. Um, and he used to share how he used to feel guilty taking a day off during the working week to read. But then you've got a f- then something that I've really resonated and connected with. Well, um, and I think there's something you do well with as well, Conrad, is that, well, I'm reading so I can serve my people better. 100%. And so then therefore the guilt, like a lot of the guilt that I have felt uh, over the last three or six, so I I'm no longer touch the tools and I was for a while. I used to feel so guilty for it. Um, yes, yeah, so it depends feel- on what you're reading and what you're watching. If you're going to sit there and watch YouTube and, and Netflix and bullshit – then yeah, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll call you bluff. Yeah. But I don't feel the guilt. Uh, Can I come back to Trav a bit? Because that, that, that seems like, so why, where is it sitting with you? Because that seems like it's, I thought you were past something like no, that. Well, because like delegation is something that I've struggled with and that's the path that I've really, sorry, that's one thing I'm really focusing on this first six months of the year. 
Um, and it's and, and have you got a structure around your delegation? No, not yet. I'm trying to figure that out. So if you have anything, I'm well. More than the happy biggest to learn. tip I'll give you is, or give anybody, is to make sure that there's a time expectation on the work you delegate, which yeah. means you don't disconnect from it. Yeah. It means you hold people accountable to a time frame. Okay, so it's a time expectation. Yeah, so you're delegation. managing it, getting done. You're not yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just uh, I guess probably the biggest thing for me to work through is. Um, when I'm loading someone up, am I loading them up too much? Am I giving them too much to do? You know, like that. Well, you've just got to just become more skilled and, and look at what you're observing. Yeah. Um, and you know, well, stay connected and, and ask questions. There was a recent episode with uh, on Impact Theory with Jocko, and he talks about his his way of communicating um, through that. And I think there's a there's a fine balance of you need to kind of always keep people in some respects a little bit overstretched. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a fine line, and particularly with creatives, and I've had this conversation a lot. I mean, it's with everyone. There's a very, and we've had a lot of debates over this um, over the years. There's a very fine line of allowing too much time and not enough time, because space will, you know, fill uh, time. Yeah, space will fill the time you give. So you give someone four days, they'll time take four will fill days. space. Go the other way around. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, but it's something that um, well, no, it's a, it's a debate we've we've had with JB, probably more JB than with than with you over the last particularly nearly twelve months. Is that's keep, Matt? He's pointing yeah, at Matt. Yeah. No, I said with J- yeah, yeah, looking at Matt talking to JB. This isn't a. Um, this isn't, <laughs> a, um, this isn't the vine. What's it called? Um, no, never mind. This isn't a sitcom. This is a podcast. Fuck, it feels like it at times. It, it is actually. It's, it's pretty not, close. Just straight comedy. It'd be better in cartoon form, I think. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> Where were we? Time. 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 Yeah, so you, because because the creatives in our group have always talked about creatives being the, the, the excuse or the, the, the rationale for things being done differently or not being considered in a traditional business sense. But I think we've gotten to the point that you're in the business of being creative um, and that's our job. Part of our job is to hold people responsible and accountable to that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have a job because most creatives didn't make their money until they died. Historic, historically speaking. Yeah, so there's a fine line between space. And I mean, if we loop, I mean, I don't know if you want to dig into Trav's guilt. <laughs> I, do, I do. I, oh, I want to. Let's um, go. Let's do it. I'm happy. Because I haven't seen him that vulnerable. Actually, before we go into the guilt, because the topic of this is like, you can get more done by being relaxed. Yeah. It's proportional to be able to be relaxed. So does the guilt, and because I'm feeling less of it, and if it's you're in the thick of it, does the guilt add to your stress and your anxiety? It would have to. Uh, yeah, but I'm not I'm not a very stressful person, so it probably doesn't. It has to. It. Uh, can I can I just jump back in? Yeah, because it, it is my topic. Yeah. Now, I, <laughs> no, no, no. You haven't even read the book, mate. <laughs> no, no. But I, I think the two for me the two align because yeah. I think I'm rapidly trying to do a, a level of work so that I can go do the other things I want to do. I put myself into a you know, into a fast-paced fight-or-flight mode uh, because of that guilt to make sure I'm getting a lot done relative to then all the work I'm dishing out to other people because I want and expect a lot of them as well, I suppose. So I'm interested to, to see how that works. But for me, it does tie in because of that. Before you go, just something you said there, which was interesting, which I've had to reconcile, I think, a lot over the last six months, is that with the idea of leader, I think, and I don't know whether this contributes, or just, just in case it does, the idea that you have to kind of behave that way to show that you're leading by example does not need to happen. 
see, that's what I struggle with yeah. because I've always believed in, uh, especially in, in the business is by leading by example. And that's where the shift in the last, because I know for the businesses to grow this year, uh, that is the one thing that needs to shift and needs to change. Uh, and that's what I'm in the thick of at the moment, basically. Because what I've been practicing is that like being comfortable that I know that I've done that work previously. And so I don't need to prove myself to them. Because that's not leading by example. Like yeah. through the values of what we value and the expectations, I'll lead as best as I my ability of example around those contexts. But I don't have to, what I've come to learn and through that self-acceptance piece of the last three or four months is that, yeah, I don't need to prove myself to you guys. Here's the work. I've done it before. I've been there, done that. I don't need to show you that I can do it, what I'm requesting of you. Off you go. See you later. I'm out. <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm leaving the office for three days. Peace. So it's also like... Imp- imp- you have done a shitload of travel the last year <laughs> too, JP. I have. So I know who you are. <laughs> but it, it's also like, a, I guess, empowering your team members to put another tool in their toolkit as well by learning that task. Because if you're doing it all the time, do they ever get to, to learn that? Well, it's kind of like what Conrad said. And I think you don't leave people in the lurch. <laughs> you know, you still like, you know, you still coach them. You've got to lead them. And you still got to keep them accountable. Um, but it's, yeah, you know, while I'm like, see you later, I don't mean that by any means. You still got to, but I just think sometimes, and it may be that feeling, oh, I have to work a 16 hour day to prove to these guys that working an eight hour day is the expectation or, or whatever. And whether that resonates. Cause you do it crazy, Conrad. What's that? Hardly work. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I guess it depends what you call work. I well, think that's, that's what we're getting to, right? Yeah, it's life. Yeah. yeah. And and and, I, and I, again, I come back to that webinar between William and I. Like he reckons he didn't take a day off in twenty nineteen, but he loves what he does. Um, so I think that's the metamorphosis of it all, though, right? That's the evolution that you're you're aspiring to get through to. That whatever you do, you love. Yeah, but you, if you like, you can work five days a week and have the two days off, but it's still actually working that day because you're actually recharging to give yourself the energy to. Well, you're thinking about it anyway, mate. I mean, yeah. I don't know who's any. I mean, these yeah. guys that. And I recently just took a week off. Um, and. <laughs> and um, I've never heard you say that. Well, <laughs> I purposely went, went, went past it because I knew I had to catch up on the reading and, and do some stuff. But, yeah, but you don't stop thinking about it. I, went, I was over there with a, with a lot of other business owners, well, a few other business owners, um, or high level of executives, and no one stops thinking about it. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think I've got enough people around me that are all either business owners or high-level executives um, that don't have time to think about holidays as what a holiday would be to you know, completely zone out and you know that resentment to come back to work. I never had that. Well, I guess in some respects, um, Matt, you know, to me this sounds like it's just balancing that you're not always feeling yeah anxious and that there's always a to-do list and like because when you know that there's ten things to be done and that just compensate like sorry not compensates that impacts your productivity you know it's that like I said that concept of that three months three hours to to do a to do a job but there's always um, going to be ten things right exactly and so I guess it's learning to 
Sit with it. Sit with it. And that, and I guess maybe we're going to be talking about this in future topics in relationship to, to time of that, you know, you can, everything doesn't have to be done today and doesn't have to be done no. tomorrow. I think, I think largely I wanted to raise the topic because, because of doing that test and then being asked to put a 24 hour monitor on, I realized that I'm, creating an out. undue level of additional stress. Like I'm elevating put a camera that on, Put a camera in your office for a day, mate. Sure. I'm sure people would watch it. What's it called, Liam Truman Show? Um, <laughs> but like, Hamster wheel. What is that? What is that part? Um, but so, that, yeah, I, I wanted to just raise it. I'll because watch it. I, I'm, And especially, and we're not necessarily all in that position, but we sort of all have been and we're, we're a little different. But I, I thought of the startup world and then I, and I thought of the – I thought of things like events we've been to where people have thrown ungodly amounts of money at um, like a program or something that'll give them this quick win. And I realized it's not that, but I think we just have this desire to like for that efficient piece to get there fast, quick, 10 like all these things. And I thought if that is, if the trade-off to that is that you can unduly put additional stress and, and, you know, put a toll on your health and body, then that, that is a problem. And that's what I got some awareness around. I've made some changes to, and and I wanted to raise it as a topic because it was more than the the book review of getting things done. It was more about yeah, it, that piece. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, no, I understand I'm it. Being a bit funny. Can you spell facetious? No. Okay, good. Um, I didn't graduate. <laughs> oh, I can't spell it either. So, <laughs> and you got a degree, you fuckwit. There goes our non-swearing. Yeah, I didn't say anything till then. He said bucket. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I'll I'll wrap it up there. And I I guess really just the question for the audience was, are you you doing something like this? If not, fantastic. But I I realised that I was. And, and there's just no need for it. It doesn't help me in my actual performance. It doesn't help me in my, you know, in potential. I've got a ton of notes to get through. Well, we're done, mate. (laughs) doesn't help me in my health. You can add that to the next podcast. Um, we could have a book review from Conrad Francis from Getting Things Done. <laughs> That's not your notes anyway. It's just the book review that you've highlighted three oh, yeah. words. Oh, no, there's some stuff in there. <laughs> it's just prompters, mate, to talk to. So anyway, that's the question for you. Um, it's time for us to wrap up this one, but uh, I just I really wanted to raise it more from that perspective, not the content so much, but are you doing this in life? Are you are you trying to get there too quickly, which I think is part of my, my problem and why I was doing this, and that doesn't help, doesn't help work, doesn't help life, doesn't help health doesn't help anything so that's it gentlemen i really enjoyed this fishbone actually um, yeah, for an 20, affordable wine it's been for an affordable good. wine um i don't know what that means as such but 2017 shiraz cabernet the blue bottle according to conrad is the affordable range well it's uh, not according to me according to their website well, i didn't fucking make it well, i didn't i, I have got some wines coming out though Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning out. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time, guys. Cheers. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Simple Minds podcast. If you like our show and want to know more, then check out our website at simplemindspodcast.com. If you like, you can even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. The Simple Minds podcast is also on Facebook, Insta, and for those that like to keep things formal, LinkedIn. So follow us there if you want to keep up with the latest updates from the show. See you next week.